Hello and welcome to Work Law Problems, a labor and employment podcast where we discuss some of the practical employment law problems that face companies in Texas and throughout the throughout the United States. In this episode, we are going to discuss Texas's mask mandate. Uh, Governor Abbott removed the mask mandate requirement last week, and we're also going to discuss what companies can and cannot do when it comes to requiring employees to vaccinate. Employees that may not be able to vaccinate because they have a uh, disability or they have some kind of religious belief that you need to accommodate. And we're going to go through those issues as well. So that is what you have to look forward to in this episode. And as always, this episode is not legal advice. For legal advice, you need to talk to a lawyer. Every legal problem is unique and different. And the information provided herein is only meant to inform you generally about the law and the issues that you may experience in your business. The first issue we're going to be talking about today is Governor Abbott's mask mandate, or really we're going to be talking about the lifting of the mask mandate. So for those of you that may have been following the news, you may be aware that the governor, uh, Greg Abbott here in Texas issued executive order GA 34, which lifted the mask mandate in Texas and it increased the capacity of all businesses and facilities in the state to 100%. So now if you own a restaurant, you can have a hundred percent occupancy. If you had a restaurant, you know, back in October, the capacity was limited to 75%. So we're seeing that capacity limit increase. But the main thing that people have been talking about is not the lifting of the capacity limits within businesses and facilities. Uh, People have really been focused on this mask mandate. And, you know, we're not going to get into the politics of that mask mandate. We're going to focus on what it means for your business, what it means for a business, or if you, you know, are a human resource representative, what it means for you uh, that may be in charge of developing policies and practices for the employees. Or maybe you're a manager and you work with customers and have to uh, decide what you're going to do within that store for customers. Are they going to be required to wear masks or not? Well, the big question that a lot of employers have had is, what does this mean? Am I required now to allow employees and customers to enter the facility, to enter the place of business, without a mask? Am I permitted still to, if I so choose, follow CDC guidelines and require masks within the place of business? Well, the simple answer is that employers and places of business, you know, public places of public accommodation like a Target or a Walmart, they can still require employees to wear masks subject to accommodations for employees that have a disability, and they can still require customers you know, that may enter that Target, may enter that Walmart to wear a mask. Uh, the executive order has not changed that for businesses. Um, basically, what it did was it allowed businesses to choose whether or not to require a mask within their place of business. And it also removes some of the legal penalties for companies, or rather for people that do not follow or did not follow uh, that mask mandate. So those are the the main things. And so 
there's a lot of businesses already that have decided they are going to continue to require customers and employees to wear masks. So Target is a great example. Target has said that they are going to continue to require employees and customers to wear masks. And, you know, I think that many businesses are going to follow that that policy for their business as well. Most businesses are going to continue to require both employees and customers to wear masks. Now, if there's an employee, or let's talk about customers first. If there's a customer that maybe they have um, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or some other kind of respiratory disability, uh, you know, what are companies doing for those employees that may not be able to wear a mask, that haven't been able to wear a mask? You know, a lot of uh, people with certain respiratory conditions need to have a respirator. Uh, they need other breathing apparatuses. They have trouble breathing, and maybe the face mask um, inhibits their ability to breathe. You know, the CDC has stated that anybody that has trouble breathing should not wear a face mask. Um, so this would apply to those people with those um, that have that disability. Um, you know, persons with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or other respiratory diseases. Most of those businesses. So if you've been, you know going online, if you've been ordering things online, if you've been going to the store, you probably noticed that a lot of places have offered curbside pickup. And, you know, those places are going to continue to do that. And that's probably something we're going to see that's going to continue even after the pandemic subsides. I think we will see a lot more businesses that offer curbside pickup whenever the pandemic is over and whenever, you know, mass mandates are, you know, a distant memory. So that's one way to accommodate, you know, customers that may not be able to wear that uh, mask. And so, you know, if you've shopped, you've seen those um, drive-throughs, and it is an easy way to accommodate individuals that cannot wear masks, uh, to have somebody else do their shopping for them, and you know, to require anybody that enters the business to still, you know, basically wear a mask. Um, now, of course, you know there are some exceptions within those facilities that people have, um, people understand. And, you know, the businesses have done such as for, you know, infants, infants cannot wear masks. Um, most businesses will allow and do allow infants to enter the facility with their parents, even though they cannot wear masks. Anybody under the age of two is not uh, supposed to wear a mask or cannot wear a mask because of their difficulty breathing. And just, you know, also the risks of suffocation for obviously, you know, an infant or somebody that's a toddler, you know, one-year-old. It's very possible that they could try to eat that mask or put that mask in their mouth and, you know, obviously could result in other problems. So that's some easy ways that businesses have dealt with this issue for customers. What about for employees? How have businesses accommodated employees? So I've, you know, mentioned those issues before, individuals with asthma, chronic, you know, uh, obstructive pulmonary disease, other breathing diseases, you know, and, and not just individuals that may not be able to wear a face mask, but, you know, also individuals that may be more susceptible to COVID. You know, maybe there's an individual that is, you know, an older individual. Maybe they're within that 70 to 80 range. Maybe they have some kind of uh, immunodeficiency. How do employers, how have employers been accommodating those individuals? Well, what we've seen is that employers have gone through what's called the interactive process under the Americans with Disabilities Act. And so what they've done is they have worked with those employees to develop a reasonable accommodation for the individual employee based on their job duties and job functions. 
Um, so some employers are allowing employees to work from home. So, you know, if they have a computer and they can do their work from home and, you know, they're not able to wear a mask or maybe they have some other condition where they're not coming able to come into the office or be around people that, you know, could infect them, they've been working from home. And, you know, many businesses are probably going to continue to do that even after the pandemic ends, allow employees to work from home. So those, that's an easy way to accommodate those individuals. Um, other individuals, you know, maybe they they cannot wear a face mask because of their disability, um, but for whatever reason, they have to work in person. Uh, you know, they've gone through, again, the, the, the reasonable accommodation process. Some employers are allowing those employees to, you know, take a, an extended leave of absence under the ADA. So they've allowed those employees to take a leave of absence. Others have, you know, limited the interactions of those employees with other individuals within the within the place of business. So, you know, your place of business may have a variety of rules about when you have to wear a mask, where you have to wear a mask. Um, and essentially, they've done their best to accommodate individuals that cannot wear a mask due to their disability. So that's something we've seen, you know, throughout this pandemic process. And of course, most businesses are doing their best to follow the CDC guidelines uh, because a lot of businesses are worried about, you know, protecting their employees, protecting their employees. No business really wants to be responsible for an employee getting sick. And so throughout this process, what we've seen is that or really this COVID pandemic is a lot of businesses that have tried their best to find ways to protect employees. And of course, most businesses after this is over are going to continue or sorry, most businesses after the mask mandate ends on Wednesday, uh, the mask mandate will here in Texas will end on March 10th, and it may have ended already by the time this podcast airs. Most businesses are going to require their employees to continue to wear masks, um, and they're going to accommodate those individuals that are unable to wear a mask. And of course, that accommodation process uh, it needs to be done in conjunction with the employee. It's not something that the employer can simply mandate. The employer needs to work with the employee to come up with the best accommodation possible. Uh, it doesn't have to be the accommodation that the employee prefers. You know, the employer can find a co- possible accommodations to uh, help the employee perform their job duties. Um, but oftentimes, it's going to be one that both parties uh, agree upon, and it's going to be done through that interactive process under the Americans with Disabilities Act. So I think we're going to continue to see many businesses require masks after March 10th. And, you know, we're going to see this issue continue even after the pandemic ends. I think more people are going to wear masks, maybe especially during flu season. And so we're going to see masks within the workplace for quite some time. The second issue I want to talk about is the issue of vaccinations. Uh, you know, everybody's really wondering about vaccines. Uh, employers, employees, hospital workers, uh, you know, a wide variety of people are following these numbers on a daily basis and monitoring them on a daily basis. Uh, you know, Dr. Fauci has said that 75 to 85% of the population will need to get the vaccine in order to stop the spread of COVID-19. You know, we've heard about these other variants that may not be may not work 
or may not be prevented by taking certain vaccines. You know, we're all hearing about, you know, the Brazilian variant, the UK variant. We're hearing about all these different, you know, strains of the coronavirus. And, you know, people are wondering what to do. And, you know, employers are wondering what to do. And I hope today to shed a little bit of light on some of the main issues that employers are kind of facing. Um, You know, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden has said that by the end of May, vaccines will be available for every adult. Uh, He said this this past week at the beginning of March uh, 2021. So we're, you know, seeing some progress being made in getting vaccines to people. Um, But we still have a long way to go before, you know, things return to normal or, you know, we go back to normal. As far as employers are concerned, the main question that, you know, employers seem to be having is whether or not they can mandate employees get a vaccine. And the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission in one of their FAQs has already answered this question. And it's a yes. Yes, employers can mandate vaccines subject to accommodations for employees based on a disability or religion. You know, I would also add that if you have an employee that is pregnant and you are uh, or a nursing mother, if they're breastfeeding, uh, you know, I would also accommodate those individuals as well. And I would also consider, you know, making accommodations for employees that maybe are trying to become pregnant. Um, those are the areas where I would probably try to accommodate if I was going to mandate a vaccine within the workplace. And let's talk a little bit about why, before I talk about those three issues, disability, religion, and um you know, pregnant nursing mothers, let's talk a little bit about why employers mandate or why they don't want to mandate a vaccine in the workplace. So, you know, there's a there's a lot of things to unpack there. There's a lot of employees that have uh, different opinions about what they should and should not do. So some employers have decided that they do not want to mandate. They don't want to require their employees to get the vaccine. Some employers are mandating that employees get the vaccine. And some employers are trying to incentivize employees to get the vaccine. So, you know, if an employer is, you know, mandating that employees get the vaccine, uh, most of them are, you know, not, they're not trying to bring in the vaccines to the workplace and distribute them to the employees. What they're doing is they're requiring the employees to go out on their own and get vaccinated uh, by working with their doctor. And then, you know, come back into the workplace or be in the workplace as they get those vaccines. Uh, Employers that are trying to incentivize employees rather than mandate them are doing this, you know, for a couple different reasons. Um, First, there's a sizable number of employees that have refused to get the vaccine. And, you know, it may be difficult to find replacement workers. So, you know, we're seeing this in some different areas. I think the numbers show that about a third of all healthcare workers or, you know, 25, 30% are hesitant to get the vaccine at this point. Some of them are not getting the vaccine. Some of them can't get the vaccine because of one of the issues, you know, they're, they have a disability or maybe they're pregnant at this time and their doctor's not recommending them to get the vaccine. Um, But, you know, there's a, a sizable number of employees that, you know, have not gotten the vaccine and have, you know, legitimate reasons or it'd be very difficult to replace them. So, you know, in the context of healthcare workers, you know, a lot of hospitals are deciding that it's better to incentivize rather than mandate because of that difficulty of finding replacement workers at a time when, uh, you know, the, the supply of healthcare workers and the, the need for healthcare workers is pretty much at an all-time high, you know, during a pandemic. 
um, you know, employers that require vaccines or administer them, it's possible that you could have a claim from workers that suffer adverse effects from the vaccine. Um, you know, it's not quite certain at this time what that will look like, but there is definitely the potential legal issue where if an employer mandates a vaccine and the employee suffers an adverse reaction, there could be legal liability for the employer. And then, you know, an important mention is that if you're going to offer incentives, you know, you should offer small incentives, uh, anything too large. And there's a lot of, you know, uh, there's a lot of discussion about what is too large, but any small incentives aren't going to cause legal trouble because if you have an employee that cannot get the vaccine for legitimate reasons, which are what we're going to talk about in a second, if somebody has a disability, if they have a religious objection to vaccines or a particular vaccine, or if they're pregnant, uh, then they may have a possible claim for discrimination. Um, but, you know, those can be effective in convincing employees to take the vaccine. So, you know, if you want to throw employees a pizza party, that's probably fine or buy them lunch. You know, that's that's probably okay, but something where an employer is going to, uh, you know, offer employees, you know, $10,000 to get a vaccine, you know, is probably going to be too high. So there's a lot of discussion about what is and what is not legal. And, you know, it's important to look at those things and make, you know, a determination based on the state of the law at the time. In addition to those issues, we're going to talk about those three different areas where employers that, you know, decide to mandate the vaccine need to consider. So if you're a company and you want to mandate the vaccine rather than incentivize employees, and again, if you're looking at incentivizing employees, you need to, you know, consult a lawyer and look closely at the law because it's a constantly changing area of the of concern in different states of different requirements. And, you know, there may be issues under state law. Uh, versus, you know, a federal law, but it's definitely something you want to, you know, work with your your local council on to make it the appropriate determination for you. Um, but if you do decide to mandate vaccines, and you can under the EEOC, you can do this. Here are the issues. So if you have an employee that's dis- member, if you have an employee that has a disability that would prevent them from getting the vaccine, if you have an employee that has a, a religious objection. Uh, you need to accommodate those individuals. And if you have pregnant or nursing mothers. So if you have an employee that has a disability, for example, and really we can almost, you know, talk about the disabled individuals or the individuals with disabilities, I should say, and the pregnant or nursing mothers kind of in the same um, context, because the accommodations for them are going to look largely the same. So if you have a person with disabilities at your workplace you need to go through the interactive process with them, which is what we talked about in the last segment. So you need to work with them to see if there's a possible accommodation. So some individuals with disabilities, they may be able to get you know, one vaccine over another. Some vaccines have been shown to be uh, risky for individuals that have severe allergies. So you know that individual may not be able to get that vaccine, but they can get another one. And again, if you're mandating the vaccine. Most employers are, you know, allowing the employees to do it on their own, to get the vaccines on their own, because the employee can work with their own doctor to make the right call for themselves. And the employer doesn't really need to be involved in that process. And it would be the same thing with, you know, um, pregnant or nursing mothers. If there's vaccines that they can and cannot take, 
you know, the doctor, they work with their own doctor to make that determination. Now, if you have a person with disabilities at your workplace, or if you have a pregnant person who their doctor says that they cannot take any vaccine due to their conditions, we talked a little bit about possible accommodations for them in the last episode, the last uh, segment of this episode. You know, you may allow them to work from home. They may work from home um, and not be in the office. They may go on leave if you know they cannot perform their job duties and maybe they're not able to wear a mask or anything like that, and they may go on leave. Um, another option is that that employee wears PPE. They may wear two masks. And if you know they may wear glasses or you know goggles, which have now I think been shown to reduce the risk of transmission for individuals. So you're going to work with them to find possible accommodations that you know they can do through that interactive process that we talked about in a little bit of detail, but you know, really requires a lot more analysis to determine the best accommodation for them. So, you know, that's what you generally are going to do if you have an individual that has a disability. Now, in the context of individuals that have a religious objection to, you know, the vaccine, uh, you need to look for possible accommodations as well. And some of these are very easy. So for example, um, Catholics are advised to avoid the AstraZeneca vaccine because it's been closely linked to um, human cell tissue taken uh, from abortions or taken from a particular abortion uh, back when it was you know, a particular abortion a long time ago. And some of those um, cells have been used in the process of creating the vaccine. Now, the USS Conference of Bishops or one of the Conference of Bishops, I can't quite remember, has said that a Catholic you know, can receive the AstraZeneca vaccine if no other vaccine's available. Um, so you know, again, most companies aren't trying to obtain vaccines for their employees um, themselves. They're allowing employees to get their own vaccines. So if there's an employee that's you know, Catholic, they may choose to get a vaccine that's different than the AstraZeneca vaccine. You know, maybe it's the Moderna or the Pfizer vaccine, and that may be... Um, a permissible accommodation for them. And again, since you're not necessarily getting the vaccines into the office, into the place of business, and you're allowing the employee to work with their doctor, this isn't something you're necessarily going to know. You know, there's been a lot of talk, and I think within the last month or two, about, um, you know, Muslim employees. If you have an employee that is Muslim, uh, you know, other vaccines, we're talking about non COVID vaccines. Uh, have caused you know some concern for uh, Muslim individuals because of the question of whether or not they're halal. So there may be a vaccine that you know maybe uses pork gelatin, um, and there's concerns about that not being halal, not be permissible in you know Islam. So if you have an employee that's Muslim, um, you know that's something that they're going to work out, and they may bring those concerns to you, and you know. That's something for you know them to determine with their imam or whoever um, uh, they need to work with to you know make the right call for them based upon their religious beliefs. So employers are going to accommodate those as well. Now I think um, some of those um, different um, uh, some of those different national groups and some of the journalist groups have you know looked into the creation of these vaccines and they found that you know. For example, Newsweek looked into the claim of whether or not the Pfizer vaccine um, was not halal, and they found those claims to be false. They found that you know the the vaccine was done in a way that it is halal and you know is not going to violate a 
a Muslim's religious beliefs, but it's something that, you know, employees may have concerns about. And so if an employee brings up these concerns to you and to your business, you need to seek ways to accommodate them. And that may be directing them to, you know, a different vaccine. But again, most employers are going to be doing this not through, if they're going to mandate vaccines, they're going to do it not through bringing vaccines into the company. So everybody's going to get the Johnson and Johnson vaccine at, you know, XYZ company. What they're going to do is they're going to tell the employees that they need to be vaccinated. The company's going to require it and the employees are going to go and they're going to get the vaccines. And the employer is also going to make clear that if they employees have concerns about the vaccines, if they have a disability or if they have a religious objection, that, you know, the employer is going to work to accommodate those individuals as well. So if there's an employee based on their religious beliefs, you may accommodate them by, again, requiring them to wear PPE. Maybe they're going to double mask and wear glasses or goggles um, to reduce the chance of spread of COVID-19. You know, that's a possible accommodation. And the same thing for pregnant or nursing mothers as well. So, you know, those are the main issues that we're kind of seeing with vaccines within the workplace. And, you know, with that, we will move on to the last segment, the closing segment of this podcast. Well, that concludes this episode of, you know, Work Law Problems. Um, For those of you that listened, I hope that this episode was helpful to you. I hope you understand better the issues regarding the mass mandate here in Texas and what employers and employers cannot do according to um, the rules and regulations and whether they can follow the CDC guidelines. I also hope that you got a little bit more insight into the issue of vaccines for your employees. Again, if you need legal advice, you need to talk to a lawyer. You need to talk to somebody that can apply the law to the particular facts for your case, for your business. Um, and also for the people that maybe you're for your state. And if you're a multi-state employer for the various states that you work in. So with that, I will catch you on the next one.